Now on Sunday Extra, we're going to look at creative writing and the CIA. The Central Intelligence Agency obviously has a huge cultural presence as the subject of innumerable films, TV series, novels and the like, but I'm not talking about that. And we're not talking about the creative writing that's involved in some intelligence operations. No, instead we're talking about what some members of the CIA do as a hobby hobby and what they meet to talk about with other CIA staffers because it turns out that the CIA has a creative writing group and that's how novelist Johannes Lichtman found himself entering the world of international espionage last year when he was invited to address the writing group. Johannes Lichtman has published two novels, Such Good Work and Calling Ukraine and recently the Paris Review published his account of infiltrating the headquarters of the CIA to meet its creative writing group. Johannes, welcome to Sunday Extra. Thanks for having me. Johannes, first question, is the existence of the CIA creative writing group classified somehow? Are we allowed to talk about this? You know, if it is, uh, they made a real mistake inviting me. Uh, <laughs> but I, I am pretty sure that it is not classified. I think there's, I don't think that you're supposed to use the names of the people involved, but the fact that it exists is not classified. So how did you come across the existence of the CIA Creative Writing Group and what did they want you to do? Uh, well, that's a good question. Uh, the first part is uh, they came across me. Uh, I had a visitor in my office one day who I, I had met before, um, but I thought that she worked for the State Department. I live in Washington, D.C., and there's a, you know, there's kind of common knowledge that if someone says they work for the State Department, there's like a 10 to 15% chance they work for the CIA. Um, <laughs> So she came and invited me to speak. Um, and I'm still not clear why they invited me or what they wanted me to speak about. Uh, they said it was kind of open. Um, you know, I had a I had a novel out uh, pretty recently, which is called Calling Ukraine, but I write literary fiction. I don't write about anything to do with CIA or espionage or international intrigue. So um, the invite was a bit of a surprise. And I, I still am not sure why they had me there, but it was fun to go. It's interesting when you think of the CIA, obviously it's a highly secretive organization. And yet at the same time, uh, Langley, the building is a place that lives, I think, in many, many people's minds because we've seen it in TV shows, movies, etc. What's it like to actually go there? And uh, was it easy to get in? It was uh, it was the hardest place I've ever gotten into, which I guess makes sense because it's not a nightclub; it's one of the secure locations in the world. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that it would probably be bad if it was easy to get in. Um, but yeah, there's no bus stop, there's no train. It's uh, you just got to drive in, and there are many security checkpoints, and it's a giant bureaucracy. So none of the arms, you know, like any bureaucracy, there's not a lot of communication between the arms of the giant bureaucracy. Uh, so you know. Armed police officers are telling me that uh, I have to be escorted by my host at all times, which makes sense. And also that my host and I cannot park in the same part of the complex, which makes the first part difficult <laughs> to fulfill in my mind. Um, and, you know, it's we have, as you said, we have seen it in movies. There's that famous seal on the granite floor that you get uh, pan outs and, uh, you know, your Tom Clancy's or whatever. Um, but... Um, it's so much bigger than I expected. It's so many buildings. And I learned that, like, if you work in one building, you never really get to go to another one. At least that was my understanding. So my host, who's worked at the CIA for a long time, she didn't know where we were going in the building because she'd only been there once before. So it was, you know, 
everything was, we were both, we were both trying to find our way around. <laughs> and one of the delightful little details in your article is about the Starbucks in the CIA building, which you describe as the only Starbucks where baristas aren't allowed to ask for your name. Um, I was told that it's the busiest Starbucks in North America. I couldn't independently verify that, but if they can't use anyone's name, that would check out. Seems like that would be a bit of a traffic jam at all times. May also be the uh, slowest Starbucks in North America. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people work there. I have no idea how many because, you know, that's not the kind of information I can get from the CIA. Uh, you know, if I don't know why they want me to come, they're certainly not going to tell me how many employees they have. But uh, the parking lot was like, it was like a football stadium. Wow. It's so, Starbucks is uh, quite crowded. On Sunday Extra, we're speaking with Johannes Lichtman about his encounter with the CIA and its creative writing group. Johannes, what did you find out about the creative writing group? How many people are in it and what happens inside it? Yeah, so like everything else in the CIA, it's very secretive. Seems like it's maintained by a listserv and the people who aren't on a you know particularly important assignment or duty that day will come to events. Uh, I met about half a dozen writers. I don't know how many are in the group, but I think it's a bigger rotating batch. And I assumed, perhaps as my own bias shining through, but that everyone would be writing spy novels. Um, <laughs> but no one was. Uh, there were no aspiring uh, John Le Carre types. Uh, you know, it was like realist short stories and uh, dystopian sci-fi. And one person was uh, maintaining a cooking blog. She told me to check it out if I wanted a great muffin recipe. Um, so I guess it's, I would assume at least that if you work for the CIA, that would be a really interesting thing that you want to write about. Um, but for the people I met, at least, they had lots of other things they wanted to write about and they found their jobs pretty boring. Or I, I shouldn't put words in their mouth, but they didn't seem to be so interested in writing about their jobs. Uh, did you get a sense whether some or all of them aspired to their creative writing being published? Because if you're an officer of the CIA, that's not necessarily a simple process. You're correct. Uh, so I know that there were some aspiring writers in the group. Um, one of the writers had, was having a book come out with a major publisher uh, in the near future. And another one had self-published some books. So so there were certainly some aspiring publishers there. But uh, if you sign up to work for the CIA, uh, it's my understanding that their lawyers get to vet anything you write before you publish it, like for the rest of your life. And whether that's um, a cooking blog or fiction, nonfiction, the whole gamut. Definitely fiction and nonfiction. I'm not sure about the cooking blog if they have to check out the muffin, muffin recipes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But probably, you know, <laughs> they don't they don't want any state secrets uh, spilling out in the buttermilk. But um, I was surprised that it sounds like CIA lawyers are pretty lenient. Like, obviously, you can't reveal classified things, and there's a bunch of rules for government employees that you have to follow. But uh, one of the writers told me that uh, she was publishing a, a novel and the lawyer said that since it's fiction, just because a character meant something doesn't mean that the author means that. So there's more leeway, um, which, uh, you know, I thought made them more astute literary critics than a lot of people who write reviews of my books on the internet. Yeah, get so that legal officer a literary position at a university or a reviewing spot. Exactly. <laughs> um Obviously, you can't give away too many details, but uh, did you get a sense of the sort of profile of the the sort of people who were in the group? Did they seem samey in some way or was there a wide variety? Uh, there was no profile. It was just, uh, it was like visiting any office, you know, <laughs> except 
for all the crazy stuff. But, uh, you know, people probably ranged from like 30 to late 60s. Uh, men and women uh, seem to have different interests, different specializations, uh, different personalities. Some people were extremely talkative. Some barely spoke at all. You know, it was just like, the, it was almost like the break room at any office, except they all hold state secrets. And did they regale you with amazing stories of their work? Or how was it as a session? I mean, did you come away from it thinking, oh my gosh, that was the most incredible hour or an hour and a half of my life? What, what was the session like? Uh, well, it was four hours, but most of that was just getting into the the complex. Um, <laughs> but no, quite the opposite. They, they wanted to talk about parking and uh, <laughs> like what you couldn't couldn't put on your resume and like uh, Starbucks. There was no, you know, Jason Bourne uh, chases. Um, so so it was it was kind of it was memorable in how unmemorable it was. Uh, you know. <laughs> As an author, usually when I do Q and A's, like I, I don't know, if, do they do, do this in Australia where an author speaks and then they let the audience talk for like fifteen minutes? It's okay, so it's a terrible practice that's in all countries. But <laughs> usually, if I do this, like at least one of the questions will just be bananas crazy. Um, one time I did a reading and a man just start, was yelling at me that I should be more like Dostoevsky, um, which I agreed Good with. Note. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're, you're right. <laughs> But uh, but this Q and A was just very reasonable and calm, and uh, it was the least remarkable speaking engagement I've ever had in terms of the actual engagement because everything was so placid and normal. Johannes, it's fair to say that the CIA does have a little bit of a reputation with occasionally engaging with uh, those who engage in literary pursuits. Uh, do you feel? that contributing to this four-hour creative writing group has compromised you as an artist in any way, or is it part of a broader, grander plan that might be part of the national security uh, imperatives of the United States? This is something I thought about because, as you said, there there is some history there with the CIA, and I was thinking, am I being used for something? But I just couldn't think of a way I would be useful. For a hot second, I wondered if they were recruiting me. And then I was like, no, they can't be that bad at their job. Why would they recruit me? I can't keep any secrets. I've told three people that I've been invited to the CIA, like in my office. So I don't think so. But if you hear anything, let me know. And an interesting little detail that you also cover in your article is that the place your article is published, the Paris Review itself does have a connection with the CIA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the Paris Review for... Uh, your listeners is probably the preeminent literary magazine in the United States since the 50s. Uh, it's published, you know, pretty much all of our great writers in the post-war era. And it came to light, I think, in the 70s um, that uh, one of the founders was a CIA agent and that some of the money that was used to start the magazine came from a CIA seed fund. Um, so writing for the Paris Review, I, I felt like, well, I definitely have to mention that. But I was a little worried that me making a joke about how this magazine was founded by CIA money wouldn't go over so well with the editors. Um, but they loved it. They were like, no, put that in. That's great. <laughs> it's, it's not a secret. <laughs> well, no doubt the Australian Secret Services will soon be getting in touch with you covertly, Johannes. It's been a great pleasure speaking with you publicly. That's Johannes Lichtman, uh, the writer of the novels Such Good Work and the novel published last year, Calling Ukraine, and 
literary advisor to the CIA. I assume that's now on your business card, Johannes. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us on Sunday Extra. Thanks so much, Julian. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.